welcome back to another episode of the Blue South Politics Podcast. Our break from the airwaves lasted a bit longer than expected, um, but we are nonetheless up and at it once again. Today we're going to be discussing Trump immigration pushes before Joe Biden is sworn in. But first, here's some recent news. In a stunning turn of events, it has been revealed that President Trump called Georgia Governor Brian Kemp to ask him to overturn the results of the presidential election in that state. This would have required Kemp to convince state legislatures to throw out the democratically elected electors and appoint a more favorable slate of electors. This would be an unprecedented move, but it does not look like the governor is planning to take this action. Melina, I mean, this is obviously an unprecedented move, and I can't believe he's, he's taking it to this point, but what do you think about it? I think it's absolutely crazy. Like, you can see how Trump is just trying to pull at any last string he can to keep himself in power. It's like watching someone, like, slowly slip off a ladder <laughs> or something. It's, it's, just, it's just not good. I mean, that's just going against everything we stand for here. Right just to prove his own point. And I mean, it's just, I, I can't, I just can't fathom like uh, a state doing this, like a state legislature taking this kind of action, you know, appointing their own yeah. slate of electors. And thank God it doesn't look like Kemp is going to do it. Uh, but it's still, you know, it's kind of scary that it was a, definitely a possibility. Um, I mean, it definitely makes me think about if like Trump had like a different kind of turn of events for the election, like how would have this looked? Like would people actually still do it? I mean, like now a lot of Republicans have less of an incentive to just follow to do like doing what Trump says because they're scared of him. But now they don't have to be scared of him. He'll be out in like a month. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I still think a lot of these Republican holdouts that haven't accepted Joe Biden as their president yet. Uh, I th I do feel like they're still kind of scared of him for the time being, right? For this last couple of months, they feel like they're going to get backlash yeah. in terms of Georgia runoffs or their own races, you know, later on. Um, but yeah. but we'll have we'll have to see how that happens. I just you know all of other all the other Trump uh, lawsuits and everything seem to be going very poorly, which we just look. Yeah. It's like it it's one to thirty six, I think. Right. Now. It's it's just like you love had, to see them lose. You just love yeah. to see him lose these lawsuits. Like he had one case that ended up being overturned because it was just wrong. Like they they ruled in favor of him. I think it was in Pennsylvania, but they ended up taking it back because they were like, yeah, no, like this is right. Just and right. you know, Rudy Giuliani, he's trying to do all this stuff, you know, with lawsuits and stuff. He has COVID. So he, 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 right? he just got I, COVID. I I just saw this maybe like an hour ago. Yeah. Um and. Oh my! I was like, what? his reputation is gone. He he put it all on the line for Trump, and it, it's just nobody trusts him anymore. He's it's one of the you know it's just such a fall from grace that's, for him. <laughs> you know? That's what happens when you continue to back exactly. Trump. I mean, that's why I'm not like I'm surprised more people are coming out and being like, hey, I don't support him anymore. Like blah blah blah, because it's just at this point, like he holds no power in most of the Americans' eyes. Right. So continuing to back him is just taking away your own legitimacy. Oh, absolutely. And for all the other and that's for all the other politicians as well. Exactly. Well, guys, let's move into our main topic for today. As most of you probably know, it is common for outgoing presidents to push through policies and executive orders during the transition period to try to cement their legacy. Um, President Trump has taken this to heart attempting to push through several potentially damaging policies that would be detrimental to immigrants. It's honestly so annoying, like, watching it. And he's just trying to solidify his, like, immigration legacy in one way or right. another. And this is so bad. Like, he has taken the liberty to make it 
um, easier to deny like visas to these immigrants and lengthen the citizenship test, which I, I hate. I mean, the citizenship test has always been like a rough thing overall, but trying to lengthen it to take away the accessibility for a lot of people who need to be here. And he's appointing new members to the immigration policy board, which terrifies right. me personally. Like, I don't think I really want anybody in control of that from someone who literally said like these immigrants are just rapists and thugs and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I, and just something about the citizenship test um, before we move on, you know, it's already a very long test. It's already, I think over 100 questions about, you know, us, you know, civics and government and history. Uh, Obviously by lengthening that um, it's pretty unnecessary, especially for, uh, these immigrants who already have to learn all all the stuff about our country, and then to just lengthen this or just arbitrary, um, you know, uh, lengthening of the test is just totally unnecessary and uncalled for, especially from a guy with, yeah, um, you know, such who's you know used to being so inflammatory toward immigrants. So, yeah. And I just I don't trust what he's going to put on it, or like the people on the policy board right. now, because like, th- like it just makes me feel like it's going to be one of those old tests they used to give. Um, people of color to get their right yeah, to vote. It sounds like that. And yeah. and like if you've taken those tests, like there, I like I took a few just for to understand what it mm. was like, and I didn't even get them all right. And like imagine someone who hasn't had access to education like us right. to do that, and then like the same thing might happen with the immigration test. No, exactly. And you know, it, and I actually I actually tried that test too, Melina, the one you're talking about, and it's some of the most obscure. Yeah weird questions you've ever seen and like i i have a vivid memory that like there was a question about like freaking squares and how lines <laughs> yeah, yeah, work yeah. on them and i was just like i was like how does this like correlate with being allowed to yeah. vote and like i mean even as like americans taking the immigration test like we probably don't even know all that information and then we're ex- like expecting people from outside the country to have access to the time or resources to take that test no. when they need to be in America. Like most people's like priority when they're trying to be like trying to move here is not to learn all of our history and memorize these obscure questions. Their goal is to get out and then be a good citizen. Exactly. Here. And it's t- so true. And also, yeah. you know, we talk about, uh, you know, we talk about Trump. He's, he it was reported that he was even pressured to end birthright citizenship for the children of immigrants. And, you know, that's, I think I'm pretty sure that's unconstitutional. Um, it, it, it is. It's, it's unconstitutional. Like- I, yeah, it, it apparently is unconstitutional because you know the Constitution grants citizenship to anybody born in this country. Um, yeah, like growing up, that was like the thing that was ingrained in all of right. our memories was if you're born here, you are an American. Right. Like, you're a you citizen. Belong right. here. And and just, yeah, go ahead, Malia. Just tearing that away from innocent, like literal children. Like, children, all they know is being American and just wanting to fit in here and then being told by their president that, like, you don't even matter in his yeah, eyes. And, and, you know, to to end and just to end this, is it would be so it would be challenged so many times in court. And, you know, I, I think it's so it's such an unfeasible move, you know, for him, for him, even, you know, I think. He was talked out of it. it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but th- thank God. Thank God. Yeah. And, you know, aside from that, you know, we all know about DACA and, you know, Trump hates that, uh, in, you know, because he's continuing the fight against DACA, the program that allows the children of illegal immigrants who came to the country 
under their parents' authority to obtain temporary work permits that need to be renewed every two years. This has been a life, That's... and this has been like a lifeline to to these to these so-called dreamers, these people who have been who brought who are brought with their parents um, to their country, mm-hmm. and they, they they know other they know um, no other country uh, than the U.S. So. Uh, this is something that really yeah. helps them because if they didn't have this, they would be sent back to countries they've never known. Um, yeah, I mean, I have friends here who are here on those types of things, and it's hard enough. Like my friend, he applied a really long time ago to like gain his green card and stuff, and like citizenship right. stuff, and they they're so slow with it that he is now eighteen or almost 18, he's turning 18 in a month, but by the time, like, they finish, like, solidifying it all, he'd have to reapply. Right, it's terrible. I mean... So it would it would just make it even more clogged for the work permits, and it's going to take so long to get through every single kid here on DACA. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, they're just not going to be able to do it, so then we're just going to have more people here who are on overstayed visas, which is going to just increase the amount of like non-citizens and exactly and also you know most of these efforts to gut daca have been thwarted by the supreme court you know over the summer but now that amy coney barra is on the court the conservatives now have a 6-3 majority and if this is if this was to get to the supreme court this time uh it's very likely uh it could be repealed or um thrown out I really i really hope they stick to their precedent like precedent and the constitution when it comes to this one because like it's been proven time and time again that daca does is not unconstitutional in any way and i just hope that they can put their own like conservatism to the side for a minute and remember that exactly and you know if daca was to be repealed um over seven hundred thousand of these dreamers could be deported back to these countries. And once again, they've never known these countries. All they've known is the United States. If they were to be sent back, that they would go to these countries that they've never grown up, grown up in. They know nobody there. It would be a terrible thing. And, you know, that's 700,000 of these people. So, they're, they're Americans. They are. They are Americans yeah. at this point. And just forcing our citizens, like not our Americans back to a place like that. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad place, but a place they weren't supposed to be right. in just for the own comfort and to make our president right now seem strong right. is so disgusting and just goes against everything we stand for as a country. And th- thankfully though, Biden has promised to send legislation to Congress that would provide a path to citizenship for the estimated 11 million immigrants uh, living in the country illegally, according to, uh, uh, including those enrolled in the DACA program. So that's definitely a bright hope. For people, hopefully, Joe Biden will be able to do that in his first 100 days. Hopefully, um, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, all this hinges on if the Senate is cooperative. Um, you know, we're still rooting for John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock to win the Senate races. So, if we can, yes. if we can get we can get them into the Senate, this this would all be much much easier, and we wouldn't have Mitch McConnell blocking everything. Um, I mean, a lot of um, Republicans right now are saying that, oh, since we, like, the election's leg- rigged in- to, like, support Trump, literally don't go out and yeah. vote in the Georgia runoffs, which I think is so funny. Yeah, that'd be great if they like, don't vote. Just don't vote. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, yeah, like, for the people listening to the podcast, if you are able to, please go and do phone banking for these yes. people in Georgia because this is so important. If we can get him in, it's 
it would change so much and it would really put us at a higher place than we are now but going along with immigration stuff like trump is trying to replace replace the lottery system that we've been using for so long and then instead award h1b visas to skilled foreign workers which just goes against everything the lottery system was built on and it's going to favor and it's going to favor um visa applicants with higher paying jobs so once again a discriminatory practice that would discriminate against uh lower paying or, or lower income immigrants that need to come to this country to find work um so obviously melina you know it's very discriminatory it's it's just goes against everything like that the reason why we put in place the lottery system was to help people who might not be able to like get visas in a normal way and but still need to be here still really want to be in america right and then giving that like giving more power to people who already have power right, exactly i mean uh, i mean like i said the high, higher paying jobs those are obviously good jobs that we need to have in certain industries but at the end of the day we have um the backbone of our economy is the working class so to discriminate against yeah. these working class immigrants who need need to find jobs fast i mean this is that's a really bad idea i mean yeah i mean so many like immigrants end up taking the jobs that we don't want to take and i could tell you right now like these high skilled workers are not going to take the jobs that these people are willing to take Mm -hmm. and they have the privilege to go to other places if they need to like these people if they really need to be out of their country but they do have that privilege of being a high skilled worker they can apply for canada or other countries that and that they would succeed in any ways, but these people usually using the lottery system are using it as their last chance right. to get out. Right. And Melina, you want to talk about this DHS thing right here? A very interesting thing that just popped up. Yeah. Yeah. So the DHS is also trying to formulate immig- uh, agreements that would send these asylum seekers to Central American countries, and this has really been ignored right now by the general public because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And yeah, go and, ahead, Emily. Yeah. No, yeah, you I was go. well, I was going to say, you know, to to send asylum seekers that need refuge here in this country and to send them to Central American countries where unfortunately there's a lot of violence and a lot of, you know, um abuse and uh, you know, drug violence. I mean, it's it's a very bad place to send people who are seeking asylum. Um so Yeah. yeah. Like they're applying to our country for a reason. If they wanted to be in Central America, they would go right ahead and apply there because they probably have faster response times to these things than we exactly. do. Exactly, and uh, I, I, and also it does a disservice to the to these Central American countries as well because they're already trying to focus on the problems they're facing and to and to force all of these refugees onto them would even further their their um their crisis yeah. as well. So, like if they were able to take these asylum seekers and these people need, I think they would have done it open right. arms. Like if they were able to, so many countries would take them over. Yeah, and, and you know, but they let, can't. Um, we need to be clear. Like we, we can take, we can take these refugee seekers. We can, we can take them. The, the Central American countries really can't right now, but we can. So yeah. why turn them away to these countries that can't have them when we have a wide it, open country ready? Especially when we have, like, we need these workers to fill so many jobs, and they could be doing so many amazing things in America. And truly have a second chance yeah. and escape whatever they need to escape, yeah. which a lot of the times is terrible things, like unimaginable things that these people are facing right. and just allowing them 
that would be probably so like one of the most American things you can do, like accepting people who need to be here, just like how like the basis of why our country was created was to escape like the things happening in Europe and Britain. Right. Yeah, no, exa- exactly. And uh, once again, another trash policy that the Trump administration is trying to push through right now. But, you know, let, let, we need to talk about uh, the biggest attempt, probably, which is having to do with the census. So Trump's, Trump is trying to exclude people living in the country illegally from the population count. And, you know, the population count, the census is used to divide congressional seats um, and to apportion them. And this is now being taken to the Supreme Court. So the administration's lawyers hope that the court, which includes three justices appointed by Trump, we all know this, you know, and most recently Amy Coney Barrett, uh, will move in favor of this idea, which may very well be the Trump administration's final approach to immigration issues in terms of the high court. Uh, Melina, what do you think about this? I really dislike it. I really do. I mean, I could see it going both ways, which is the scary yeah, thing. No, exactly. Like, I could definitely see them arguing that, oh, well, they're not, like, these non-citizens are not Americans. Like, they're not legally Americans. So why do they deserve representation? Right. I, but yeah. I think, like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, it was fine. Um, I was going to, you know, I was going to say, like, in terms of a, uh, apportionment, like, Melina, me and you were talking about um, before this previously that, um, like, places like uh, California and, you know, other states could lose some of their congressional districts because of what could possibly happen with this case. Uh, and, of yeah. course, that would, you know, that, that it, would, it would kind of, it would be detrimental um, to the, to representation and also to people who are in their own distinct areas that need their own district, right. To send their own representatives to, and to also deprive, uh, and, you know, we don't, we don't know how specific, what, what they mean by, you know, immigrant, right. Or, uh, non-citizen is what they, right. Like people living in this country illegally, like uh, who knows if they, if they'll actually agree, maybe they'll go after naturalized citizens too. Like, we don't know. I mean, this could be a whole, this could be a whole play to, exclude you know these people from the voting process as well it definitely from what they were saying in a lot of the articles and just information about it is they're referring to them as not non-citizens so we have to like think about what does non-citizens like truly mean like is that just people here illegally or is that people here on like visas or here for other things like green cars like we have to take a minute and like look at that too because like that wording is like it could mean so many different things exactly yeah yeah but like taking away the right to representation in those places like like i don't think these like local areas or these states like are like hey illegal immigrants or non-citizens come here and live here we want more representation without having to like deal with other things that you guys like bring up like they're not like that they just they take these people if they come there and that's it like it's not their responsibility to like Kick it, them it, out. it really isn't like some big screen, uh, some big scheme to like you know increase the population count. Yeah. It's just these people are living in these in these places because they have to. They they they're trying to find jobs. They have some of them have jobs and they they're forming the backbone of our, our local economies as well. So yeah, like they help so much locally, and to deny like the access or like suppose like future access to the like monetary stuff or the programs that these places need just because of something they can't control is absolutely disgusting like they deserve personally i think they really do deserve the representation and 
yeah, like it's just crazy to me that they're just willing to do yeah. that. And and Melina, we should probably talk about these these questions concerning the 2020 census too. I mean, these are big issues that we yeah. need to that we need to focus on here too. So you want to go ahead? Yeah. So aside from this, like experts have been like saying that other issues that loom ahead with the 2020 census as it heads into like this new territory that we haven't seen yet, like with deadlines and data quality and just overall politics. I mean, will the Census Bureau be able to meet their year-end deadline for turning in the numbers that we use for this apportionment and representation? Yeah, that's definitely, that's, that's definitely, no, that's definitely a big question because with the pandemic too, uh, Melina, like it's definitely hampering census efforts. Um, and uh, yeah. th- this could really screw up some of these apportionments and some of the some of the congressional uh, congressional districts and things like that because yeah. of all these delays and everything. And you know, the, the other question is: um, Will the quality of the census data be hurt by a shortened schedule, a pandemic, and natural disasters? Which is what we which is what we've been talking about. Like, what if what if we haven't been really counting as many people as there actually are? Right? Like, what if we're undercounting? What if we're or yeah. like. Over- or what if we're overcounting? Over- yeah. like, because like people like are consistently dying to like due to like lack of good st- like quality health stuff going along with the pandemic. Like, is that going to change any of the numbers? Yeah. Because like these like where our cases are rising higher. Like I think yesterday we had more deaths I think yeah. than nine eleven and so many other things. Like, is this going to change anything? Yeah. And- with like yeah yeah and, oh, and sorry, i, th- I think it, i think the other thing we need to think about is statistics like um the age of our population right like the the age groups like do we have a large mm-hmm. um youth population do we have a large aging uh elderly population you know the last sentence the last census told us that we had a aging population our population was getting older the baby boomers were getting older obviously a huge generation mm-hmm. they're dying off um but uh, it, it, it could it could um, it could definitely uh, reflect all these issues could reflect uh, some imbalances in how we're looking at the age of our population too. Yeah, I mean, especially with also like the issues with just the immigration stuff. Like going back to that, are like non citizens comfortable putting their information in the census? So that might change stuff too. Because like I, I personally, if I had the opportunity to stay out of the census as a non-citizen, I'd probably take it just because I'm so scared of this, like this administration. I mean, these like immigrants and non-citizens are so scared. They're not even going to go to their local food cupboard anymore or get food stamps because they're scared that if they do, that might hurt them in the long run with this administration. And let's talk about a couple other questions, which is, could a Democratic-controlled House reject the numbers from the Republican administration if the House leaders believe they are flawed? This is definitely a possibility. What if the census yeah. numbers come in? Um, they are, you know, under under a, Repub- a Republican administration, the Trump administration, um, and the Democratic leaders su- uh, suspect that they were skewed or they didn't count, you know, the immigrants living in our country. They could definitely yeah. uh, reject reject these numbers and that's definitely something to think about and also a lame duck senate which is right now this lame duck session they could pass legislation that could extend deadlines for turning in census numbers uh this this could actually be uh beneficial because it would allow more time for collection uh of these numbers and mm-hmm. stuff that we need 
but also it could allow the Trump administration more time to formulate schemes to leave out immigrate immigrants. So that's another thing to think about. I mean, I don't know if they would do that though until like they get the results from this court case, which is literally it opened up on Monday for hearings. So I don't know how much like they could actually like right now. I think they're taking like they're taking the total number, but then they're also taking um these um immigrants too like and like separated from right and and, you know luckily the federal courts in california maryland and new york um have ruled that trump's plan violates federal law so that's definitely a win but once again it all comes down to the supreme court right melina i mean this whole this whole 6-3 majority could really uh change some things for the worse um going forward in terms of immigration and the census numbers um but you know trump's uh, you know, and one one thing I want to do for our view, for our listeners is, is um, tell you guys the provision in this constitution, which says that representatives shall be apportioned among the several states according to their respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state. It doesn't it doesn't mention illegal or legal. It doesn't mention citizen or non-citizen. It just says count the whole number of persons in each state. So Trump's radical break from this provision can affect entire states and communities that would lose representation when undocumented members of those communities get cut out of the count used to apportion the House. And the administration argues that both the Constitution and federal law allow the president to exclude illegal aliens from the apportionment count. Yeah, so basically right now they're essentially trying to change our constitutional definition of a person in America, which is is insane like this case could like either make or break the precedent but also change history and i want to say and i want to say something about originalism you know the 6-3 majority in the court is a originalist majority they they're very textualist they they look at the constitution they interpret it on what it's uh, what is written so it makes no sense to me why they would rule against or why, why they wouldn't rule against this this whole case because if you look at the text here in the constitution the representatives shall be apportioned among the several states, counting the whole number of persons in each state. It never mentions illegal aliens. If they were to, um, if they were to accept this case and accept the administration's actions, then they would be going beyond what the Constitution says. So that would be a rejection of what they yeah. believe in. So it's definitely another thing that uh, I hope Amy Coney Barrett, um, you know, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Alito, um, and Thomas are definitely thinking about. I hope. Um, it's gonna be a weird one this case is it could really go both ways which i think is the scariest part of it like it they could go both ways i mean there's i think there could be good arguments on the opposing side too but i just don't believe they're as strong nor american nor constitutional as just keeping them in the census and and you know just for the last couple things i want to mention you know california could lose two to three house seats if people living in the country illegally were excluded based on what the administration said are more than 2 million such California residents. So that's definitely a big hit for mm-hmm. California's representation of this was to go through. And the House um, correctly argues that Trump's plan would result in an unfair distribution of seats for partisan political goals, as always with Trump. Um, and, you know, it's, yep. it's, the, it's the latest attempt to manipulate the census in novel and troubling ways. So it is. It really is. Um, uh, a manipulation of the census that's supposed to happen every 10 years. It really yeah. is. And it's just going to give leverage to these places that 
already are getting like the funding that they need. They don't have to worry about like losing their accessibility, like I said before, to these programs where so many places like in California need those programs because they are like dealing with people who are new here and don't have access to like a rooted they don't have the privilege of having like a rooted like state in America yet. They're just like they they might have just gotten here or just come over the exactly. border. Yeah. Or just lost their visas. Like that is like most of the population of like illegal immigrants are just people here who are overstaying their visa, whether it's because they can't get it renewed or they're just not able to. Right. Well, guys, um, I think that's about our time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, remember to check us out on Instagram and Twitter and stay tuned for the great content coming your way soon. I'm Melina. And I'm Ronan, and this has been The Blue South. The Blue South is made possible by David Vandelay, who created our theme. And also by the graphic designer who rebranded our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Gustavinsky8. And of course, special thanks to all of our listeners and Instagram followers. You are what keeps the Blue South going.